I want to talk to you guys a bit about last week's scripture. Last week we talked about um, God building his church or specifically Jesus talking to his disciples or talking to Peter and asking them, hey, Peter, hey, guys, who do people say I am? Um, and they said, we think you're John the Baptist. They think you're Elijah. They think you're somebody else. They think you're a hologram or whatever. They had all these ideas of what people thought or who they thought Jesus was. But Peter goes, you're the Christ. You rec I, I recognize who you are. And not because I'm all emotional now, but because I've been with you. I've seen you. I've walked with you. And you're the Christ. But as I was um, thinking about it this week, um, my wife does the podcast. And if you guys don't know anything about podcasts or if you have one, go to our website, myfreedomchurch.org. And there's a podcast. Every week's message is on there. Previous week's messages are on there. So if you miss service, feel free to go and listen to them um, or tell your friends about them or, or whatever. But as she does them during the week, I get to listen to them. And how many of you love to listen to your own voice? Anybody like to listen to their own voice? No? How about seeing yourself on video? Anybody love to see yourself on video? Mm-mm. Right? So I'm trying to do my thing, right? I'm trying to play, uh, uh, trying to play Boom Beach or something. I'm trying to do something creative, like something constructive. And I'm hearing my voice in the background. I'm like, God, I just, I don't like myself. I don't like, I'm sorry. I don't like hearing myself on that, on the audio. And she has to edit it and whatnot. But then something caught my ear as I heard it over and over. And it's this, this word that's found in Matthew 16. So put Matthew 16 up on the screen. It's the word build. It's the word build. And don't get it up there. Is it, re is it resetting? Is it up there? There it is. The word build. I want to build off this word build this morning. We're going to talk about what it means to build and, and what Jesus meant by building. Because I think last week we talked about our sermon series being called, We Are That Church. Remember? And I had you say it. So I'll have you say it again on the count of three. We are that church. Here we go. One, two, three. We are that church. And I explained to you that Jesus had established that church on earth as it is in heaven. And churches take many shapes and forms. But to go back to basics is Jesus is the builder of the church. It's not just, it's not our human hands or our abilities. God uses those things. But when God says, I will build my church, there's a specific building he will do. And whether you believe that or not, it remains the truth. God builds his church. And we're going to talk about this morning what God uses to build that church. And can I give you the answer to the question? What does God use to build the church? The answer is you guys. Okay? So just so if you have to leave early or you got to go somewhere, the answer is you guys. Turn to your neighbor and whisper, it's you guys. It's you guys. Okay? It's you guys. Right? That's what he uses. That's the building material. And uh, I, I want to just read with you on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen behind me. But verse 20 says this. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. A few things in here. Verse 20 says, built on the foundation built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being himself the cornerstone. You know the cornerstone is such an important, important piece of the structure. It holds everything together. You just pull the cornerstone out, everything crumbles, doesn't it? If you know anything about construction, there's certain um, strong points of a building, whether it's beams or bars or places that hold weight. If you remove that structure, things become less stable. Am I correct in that? Jesus said he is that structure, that if you remove it from the equation, everything else becomes shaky. 
everything else becomes questionable. You know that children's church wall back there? If you came here uh, months ago, you would have noticed that that children's area was not built in. It was an open space. And we had construction people coming here to look at that space. And they were going to build something. And the person who was going to build it said, I need to tie into something or else this wall is going to be easily pushed over. Come on, somebody. I need to tie into something or else this wall is going to be easily pushed over. And so that's why it's built the way it is. Because if you went straight up to the wall, it may look like it's touching something or built into something. But the truth is it might have been just touching the ceiling but not connected to anything. And anybody could lean on that thing. Anybody could knock on that thing. It could fall down. But he tied into the beam that was already set in that, in that frame. And because it's tied in, that thing is solid. And Jesus says, I am the exact same thing. When I build, when we build, know that I am the cornerstone. Know that you tie into me, everything else becomes solid. But you don't tie into me, it becomes shaky. You guys been there before? I've been there before when I tried to tie into my money or tie into my job or tie into my personality or tie into this. And I tried to put my value or my anchor into things that shouldn't have been put into. And when those things were taken away from me, everything seemed to have crumbled. When I put in put my ties into Jesus, there's nothing that can shake me when I tie them to Jesus. Amen. Nothing that can shake your faith when you are walking with the Lord, when you are anchored into him, when he is your cornerstone. Everything can go crazy around you, but you know without a doubt that he is there with you in the boat. Come on, somebody. He's there with you. And so we're going to talk about that today. What is God building in us? What is God building in his church? I want to ask you a simple question. There is no right and wrong answer, but I want you to participate with me this morning. Can I get an Amen. Amen. I want to ask you this. If I show you this picture of this Lego, and I made this Lego big for a reason, because if I got the small Lego, you wouldn't be able to see that. So people in the back, can you see this back there, Jacob? Can you see this Lego? Yep, nod your head. You can see this. Good. This is a Lego piece. If I showed you this one piece of Lego, could you tell me what the finished product would look like? Okay. Maybe I can help you. What if I give you two pieces of Legos? You can, can you tell me what the picture on the box should be like after I put these together? Can you tell you? If I give you two pieces of Lego, some of you said yes. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Junior. I don't want to answer because I don't want to be wrong. Now let me help you. Out. What if I give you three pieces? Could you tell me the final product of all the Lego pieces put together? Probably not unless you're uh, some really smart person or you take a good guess. But if you were to look at one piece of the puzzle, could you tell the finished product just by looking at the one piece? Probably not. Probably not. And that's what I want to speak to you guys this morning about. That God's building his people, building his church piece by piece. In your life, God's building you piece by piece. Some of us want the finished product, don't we? Some of us think, I should be there already. But how many of you know this might take a while? It might take a while. Turn to your neighbor and say, it might take a while. Turn to your other neighbor and say, for you, it might take even more of a while, okay? <laughs> if you're a spouse, you know what I'm talking about. It might take you a while to pick up your dirty socks, right? It might take you a while to pick up your dirty clothes. But not only might it take you a while, there's a thing called the process. There's the pieces, but there's also the process. You see, what you see in this building started out as pieces, didn't it? But it ended up being a building because of the building process. You guys tracking with me? In all of our lives, we have pieces. We have pieces that we bring to God, and, and God wants to build with those pieces. But some of us, some of us, and me included, me included, we get stuck on the pieces. We get stuck on the pieces like, ah, my piece is faulty, God. 
You can't really use this piece. I'll just lay low for a while until you find the right piece or until I find other dysfunctional pieces. You can put me in the do not play with pile for a while, God. I'm not meant to be built into this beautiful structure called the church. Can I just tell you that's a lie? We're all meant to be built into the church. No matter what we look like. You know what I love about the church? And God says, I will build my church. There's such a diversity in the church, isn't it? You got these small pieces. You got these double small pieces. You got these quadruple big pieces. God makes our church different for a reason. You know when you open up a Lego bag and it's all different pieces? It's that way for a reason. Because not every, if you had one of the same piece, you probably couldn't build anything or if you did, it would just look the same all the way around. But God uses different pieces to build his purpose. Amen? And all of us are different pieces. All of us are different pieces. I remember my, my father, when we were younger, uh, during Christmas Eve, he would always let us open up presents at midnight. Anybody there with me? Open presents at midnight. But he didn't realize, he didn't realize that when he buys a bike, and I want to open up the bike, I want to ride the bike that night. And so my dad bought me the bike, and I'm like, I know it's a bike. I see the box. So I rip it open, and there's a picture of a bike on it. And I'm expecting as a little kid that that bike would roll out that box right away so I can jump on it and ride around my house. But what came out of that box? Pieces of the bike. And then my dad bought three of them for three of us boys. And sure enough, all three of us boys wanted to ride the bike that we saw on the box. And so my dad spent all of many hours putting together the pieces of that bike so we could ride it. And I said, Dad, how come the bike isn't ready outside the box? Like, it's a picture on the box. Just in my own little kid language, right? Like, I don't know what I did say, but I'm thinking this is what I would have said. How come the bike is not put together the way it looks like on the box? Because isn't that the picture? They sold you faulty material. Then my dad goes, well, son, look at the box. Look what it says on the box. It says, some assembly required. Who's going to put it together? Not you, little man. You know, sometimes when we look at our lives, or maybe we first come to know the Lord, or maybe we're trying to make a change in our life, and we have a goal, some of us want to break bad habits. Some of us want to lose a few pounds. Some of us want to enter into a new relationship or get away from an old relationship or whatever it may be in your life right now. But if I were to guess, if I were to say that in any venture we get into, we have a preferred picture in our mind of what that should look like in the end, right? Like, I'm starting this new job. Man, I'm going to have a corner office. I'm going to have an hour lunch. I'm going to get a raise in the year. We have a preferred picture of what that piece of our life looks like, doesn't it? But let me ask you this question. What happens when that picture doesn't turn out the way you think it should turn out? Like what happens to that picture now? Does it change or is it the same? Do we give up on that picture? You know, in our lives, sometimes there's going to be some things that happen quick and some things that will take a while. And sometimes when the enemy wants to get us checking out too early, he makes us focus on our missing pieces, doesn't he? You don't have that. That picture, that was just a fantasy. That doesn't really happen in the real world. Who do you think you are going out on your own and starting your own business? Who do you think you are? 
you don't have what it takes. And Amy goes, you don't have the pieces, so give it up. But God goes, I've given you all that you need. You just trust in me. You just anchor yourself in me. I got the process. I got this process. You know, it says he will build you. He will build you up. You just be faithful in every step of the way. And guess what? Some assembly is required. You know, when me and my father-in-law was trying to build, uh, remodel our old apartment, um, I'm not a very handy person. I can destroy stuff. I'm not very good at putting stuff back together. But one of the fun things about construction is demolition to me. I don't know why. It is. And so we had our sons draw, like, targets on the wall, start dashing in the wall and doing all these things. And so we, we broke everything apart. And then me and my father-in-law got in there and we started looking. And we're like, whoa, some stuff in here that wasn't done right or some stuff in here we got to fix up. You know, you never know what's beneath the surface until you do some remodeling, don't you? Sometimes you find stuff that was wired wrong. Sometimes you find stuff that was ran differently. Sometimes you find stuff that was leaking that shouldn't be leaking. And would you... Would you, would you in any way, shape, or form close that wall up without fixing it? No. You know, I want to just put it, out, put it out there. Some of you are going through some very tough remodeling times in your life right now. God's ripping stuff up. God's opening things up. It's because he wants you to see the things that need to be remodeled in your life. And it would be foolish for you and I to kind of go, well, God, not that. Cover it up. And if someone comes up to you and says, you know what? I see this. Is, everything's okay. I just noticed this. And you go, oh, everything's fine. You're covering it up with a piece of drywall again. You're not willing to deal with what's on the inside when God wants to remodel you because he's building you. He's building you. You know, I told somebody this morning as I was prepping this message, sometimes when I prep messages and I see people's faces because God wants me to deliver a message to them. So I saw this brother this morning. I said, you know, when I was prepping this message, your face popped into my brain. Why? Because I think God's building something in you. And whatever process you're going through right now, however tough it is, if God is ripping open drywall and is exposing some of these wires that have been wired wrong for years, you got to let him do what he does, which is build. you got to let him rip some stuff out. Not always easier. Can I just say it's easier said than done. But God is in the process of building. Look at what the word build means. Look at what the word build means. Because out of these four definitions, you may find yourself in one of these areas. First definition is this, to construct, especially something complex by assembling and joining parts or materials. And the word, how to use that word in a sentence? To build a house. You, you're taking something complex and you're joining things together to get there. Number two, building could mean to establish, increase, or strengthen. And often this word build is followed by up. So build up, to build up a business or to build up one's hope. It's, it's a process. It's, a, it's, it's an increase. It's a strengthening. Some of you, God may want to be building you up to strengthen you in this season. To strengthen you in this season. I don't know. Someone needs to hear that this morning. God's strengthening you. He's not punishing you. He's strengthening you. He's strengthening you. I don't know who's that for, but it's for somebody. Number three, building up means to mold or form or create, to build something, to take something and to mold it or form it. And the best sentence for this is to build boys into men. Although we've come to the end of it. Sorry. To build boys to men. To build boys to men. ABC, BBD, East Coast family. All right. To build boys into men. I have to, it's the easiest joke in the book. 
And the last one, to build means to base or to found on. And the word for this, I want to key on is it's a relationship built on trust. It's a relationship built on trust. You know, we sang a song this morning, I Surrender. And some of us have a hard time singing that song because we yet have yet to do that with the Lord. And not because we're bad people. Some of us in here are fixers, aren't we? Some of us love to fix problems. Some of us, if someone goes, I need help, you're the first one in line ready to fix it. You know what I learned with my wife? Sometimes she don't want me to fix it. Sometimes she just wants you to listen. And sometimes I want to just listen. And when people try to fix me, I'm like, wait a minute, I just want you to listen to me. And for the people that are fixers, surrendering control is the hardest part, isn't it? Because you want to do it the way you want to do it. But God says, if you built my relationship with you on trust, then the final product will be what you see on the box. But if you take it into your own hands, who knows what comes out? I want you to build your trust in me. Some of you need to hear this morning that whatever God's taking you through, you got to trust him. you got to trust him. Even if you don't like the process, even if you don't like the process, you got to trust him. you got to trust him. You know, my kids, I, I, I find this in my home all the time. That when I'm trying to teach my son something, I'm trying to, to impart to him a value. That it's not that he's disobedient because he hates me. It's really that he doesn't trust me. And not that trust because I broke trust, but because he doesn't see the big picture. He doesn't see the final picture. You know, I have to tell him a few times, and I'm saying which son this is because I'm keeping his name confidential for the sake of scarring him for life. But... We get into it often, especially now, because now I'm trying to coach him and have him understand that this is the way you do things as a young man, as a young boy. And he gets, doesn't understand the process. And I have to stop him one, a few times and say, son, do you trust me? Do you trust me? He says, yeah, dad, I trust you. No, do you really tr do you trust me? Because you think I'm doing this because I want to harm you? Do you think I'm trying to scar you for life? Do you think I'm trying to lead you down the wrong path? Do you trust me, son? Yeah, dad, I trust you. I just want to do it my way, though. I can't imagine how many times God hears that from his own kids, right? I trust you, God, but I just want to do it my way. See, I have it all laid out for you. I got my five-year plan already. I say that because I've done it with God myself. Hey, God, take a vacation. I got this. Come back in a few years, I see how well I've done. You know, sometimes it's not, a, it's not a disobedient issue. It's not a I hate God issue or it's not you're an evil person issue. It's just a trust issue. It's God, I think I have this figured out. But God says, do you think I am doing this to harm you? Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Maybe somebody here needs to hear it this morning. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that God's punishing you. God just wants to know, do you trust him? Do you trust him with everything? Because one of the things that I found about God building his church is that it's foundational that trust be there. It's foundational that trust be there. Turn to your neighbor and say, you must trust. Turn to your neighbor and say, you must trust. 
That's the first foundational blocks of God building in you. What he's going to build in you is trust. It's trust. You know, when God called his disciples, he said, come follow me. Come follow me. They had to trust that this guy who they call rabbi and teacher was really who he said he was, didn't he? Like, we look back on it and we go, wow, but that's Jesus. I would have followed him. Really? Kind of a stranger coming into town with a robe and a beard going, Ian, come follow me. <laughs> See, exactly the reaction I would have is like, don't look, make eye contact. Come on. Right? Exactly the reaction I would have. But we read the scripture and go, wow, they just got up, left their nets, and floated away with Jesus. No. I'm sure when they trusted him in the beginning and he took them through some of the crazier times, like, you, did you just do that, Jesus? You just healed that dude with mud and spit? Like, you just, that's weird, Peter. That's crazy. This guy's crazy. What? Feed 5,000 people with what? You figure it out. We figure it out. What are you talking about? And imagine all the crazy stuff. Imagine getting up in the morning going, what is Jesus going to do today, man? What crazy stuff is going to do today? Imagine how many times if I was in that boat or if I was in that storm or if I was in that synagogue or if I was in that house where they started making holes in the roof, how many times I'd be like, that's it, bros, I'm out of here. This is too weird for me. You guys didn't have this rabbi in sandals. I'm out of here. But they stuck it out, didn't they? They trusted in him enough to go, I'm following you. There's something about him, about him. And, and when Jesus called them, they weren't all that in a bag of chips. They were a pretty ragtag bunch of people. And that's my other point is that when God builds his church and God builds us, it's not about the four walls. He builds people. And not only that, he's building us by putting us together. Putting us together. I want to show you a, a few things that maybe you can relate to. In the last, you know, 10 years or so, maybe more, there's been a few championship teams in the sports world. And many of us think, well, they must have just started off as championship teams. No ways. They had to put together these teams for a championship. They didn't just come together year one and start winning. The coach had to put these teams together. And look at some of these teams. I just mentioned some of them. The 1999 World Cup women's soccer team. They beat China. Isn't that great? They beat China. The world famous slide. And uh, who was that? Bethany? No. Chastain. Somebody had that. Had that. Picture in Sports Illustrated, iconic picture. But that team wasn't just built in a day. It was built over time. What about this team? The 2012 Miami Heat, right? Look at these guys, man. They were built together. They were handpicked to win a championship. If you're not a Miami Heat fan, maybe you are a Lakers fan. What about this era of Lakers? Look at this era of Lakers, the 2000 to 2002 Laker area, era. Three championships in a row. Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq attack. Won a championship. But they put them together. And Phil Jackson put these guys together. Pieced them together for a championship. What about baseball fans? 1998 to 2000 Yankees. Four World Series in five years. That team wasn't just, just didn't materialize. It was built. Built. And built. What about, if you're not a baseball fan, what about, football fan. Anybody a Patriots fan in here? Don't, don't raise your hand because you might get tomato later on. But 
They're like, yeah, you know what? These guys cheated. That's how they got good. No, no, that's the now. This is back then when Brady guys won uh, three Super Bowls in four years, 2001 to 2004. This was the year of greatness for these guys. But they were built. God, and, and by all means, if you look at the, the receiving core and those they had around them, it wasn't a superstar receiving core. It was just regular Joes that did their job day in and day out. They were a piece of the whole puzzle. And they fit together to win the championship. What about the Boston Red Sox? They were a ragtag bunch of buns. 2004 World Series champs. They were put together. And the greatest team of all time, the greatest team in any sport, any era of all time, the 1996 to 1998 Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. That was the best team ever, you know? If you guys are a fan of the game today, the Golden State Warriors are trying to chase these guys. 72 wins, 10 losses. They're trying to change, chase the 96 Bulls. I don't know if they're going to get there, but Steph Curry is crazy. Some of you who aren't sports fans are like, I don't care. Let's move on. But I am a sports fan, so deal with it, okay? <laughs> Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Dennis, the menace, Rodman. Colorful hair, piercings everywhere. Who would put him on a team that wants to win a championship? A crazy guy named Phil Jackson, that's who. That pieced it all together to win a total of six in his career. Even with Michael Jordan, six championships. Amazing. Now, who did Jesus pick for his 12? Oh, that's right. Fishermen. Tax collectors. Some unknown occupation. Just pick them up off the side of the road. No, these people are, they, some of them didn't even, we didn't even know their occupation. We know at least four of them were fishermen. We at least know one was a tax collector. Look at the names of these guys. Anybody know the names of our apostles, the apostles? I'll put them on the screen so you guys can, can, can take a look at this awesome superstar team right here. It's John, Peter, James the Greater. And I, can I just say, this is the worst name to have, James the Less. That is the worst nickname to have. Like, I can do it with Tiny or Bubba or whatever, but not the less. I don't want to be called Junior the less, okay? Matthew, Andrew, Philip, next one, Thomas, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and that's another nickname. He, he must have been watching CNN all day, Fox News. He was a politician. He was a political activist, by the way, so he must have been watching he would have loved today or this day and age with all that's going on in our politics. Anyway, Judas, and when Judas took himself out, Matthias replaced him. But you look at this championship team. From all intents and purposes, this was not the championship team I would have put together. Fishermen, really, maybe, maybe God, you should have looked in the professional realm, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those who had education. Maybe you might have wanted might want to have checked out that place before you got these fishermen and these tax collectors and these other guys. I was looking at the internet and I found this pretty funny memo that someone did according to like, if, if, if Jesus had to submit these names to a HR, to human resource, and, and do like a job search thing, like a monster.com kind of thing, what kind of feedback would that search engine give them? So just bear with me. This is not anything, you know, serious, but I thought it would be funny. It says this, memo. To Jesus, the son of Joseph, a woodcrafter, a carpenter, from the Jordan Management Consultant Team of Jerusalem. It says, Dear Sir, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you've picked for management positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests. We have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and our vocational aptitude consultant. 
It is the staff's opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given the fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership whatsoever. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine the whole company morale. We feel that it's our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James, the son of Alpheus and Thaddeus, definitely have radical leadings, and they both registered high on the score of manic depressive scale. However, one of the candidates shows a great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All of the other people are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely yours, the Jordan Management Consultant Group. Now, how would you like to have received that letter in the mail after you let an external management group look at the team you've picked? But Jesus picked them all. You know, I've heard it said before that, oh, God can't use me. I'm not that good. I'm not anything special. I'm not nothing to look at. I'll just come and sit, hear the sermon, sing a few songs, and I'll just easily make my way back out. But can I tell you, God wants to build something with you. God wants to use what he has in you to build something he already has planned for you. And it's a process. Some assembly is required. Some remodeling will be required. Is the picture already perfect? No, it's not. But once you get into the building process and you bring your, bring your pieces to God, the builder, not Bob the builder, it's God the builder, he could take these pieces because he already has the plan figured out. You know, look at what it says in, in, uh, in Hebrews. Look at what it says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 3. I'm skipping slides, so I'm freaking out the guys back there. Hebrews chapter 3. It says, for every house is built by someone. You're being built one way or another. But it, what does it say in the end? But he who built all things is God. You bring your pieces to God, and he has a plan for you. He has a, a preferred picture for you. But, you know, I want to say this. The promise that God has for you is realized in the process of God assembling the pieces. I'll say that again because I kind of went a little bit fast. The promise is realized in the process of God assembling the pieces. That's something you should write down, I think. If God is taking you through a process, that means he has a plan for you. God has a preferred plan for you, a preferred promise for you. But God takes the pieces and assembles them in the process. We've got to go through that process, church. When we say we are that church, I want to say we're that church that goes through the process. We aren't an easy big oven, microwavable church. We are a process, peace-driven church. You all are the pieces that God's putting together for his preferred promise. Amen? You know, my sons, I'm not naming which one again, they love the microwave, but I trip out that they put the thing in the microwave and they stand there watching the microwave. Like it's going to make it go any faster. 
And they're like, man, I'm hungry already. I'm hungry. It's only a minute and 30, bro. Just hang on. You know, there's a generation called the builder generation. You ever heard of that generation? Way back when the Great Depression happened, they didn't know what it meant to build things from the ground up. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard people say, like, that that generation, if they were look at our generation, they would kind of scratch their head going, man, do you understand what it takes to build something from the ground up? Do you understand the process in rebuilding a country? Do you understand the process of building character? Do you understand the process of, of getting rid of old junk that's inside of you? Do you understand the process and how dare anybody try and rush the process? You know, if someone tries to rush you in the process, you go, I'm in the process. I'm bringing the pieces to God, but I'm in the process. Come on, somebody. Not all of us are going to be in the same process or in the same pace of that process, right? We all got to go through it, but just praise God for somebody who's going through the process. Come on. Can somebody praise God for someone going through the process? Because we got to celebrate that. Come on. We got to celebrate people going through the process. It would be nice to have a church full of perfect people. All of you guys, no headaches, no emails. No phone calls would be nice. No counseling. But that's not what God is building. He's building us piece by piece. You know, God can take a past hurt and build upon that if you let him. God can take a disappointment and build upon that if you let him. You know, we get stuck as we go, ah, God can't use this. I shame about that. No, put that on the side. We stop the building process. If we don't recognize that God wants every single piece for that process. Come on. Our hurts, our fears, our disappointments, our shortcomings. Look what it says. Look what it says in Romans 8, 26 to 28. It says this. Likewise, likewise, the spirit helps us in where? In where? In where? In our weaknesses. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes it's good to be weak. And turn to your other neighbor and say, because when we are weak, he is strong. Because when we are weak, he is strong. You got to believe that. You know, my shortcomings is when I look at the peace and go, well, I can't appear to be weak, God. I need to be strong. Because if I appear to be weak, then people think I don't know what I'm doing. And if people don't know, think I don't know what I'm doing, they're not going to follow me. People are not going to follow me. You guys ever been that road? Yeah. It leads all the way down to the point where you go, this peace, you can't deal with that, Lord. So I'm going to pretend to be strong. But God says, the Spirit helps you when you're weak. He helps you when you're weak. He helps you when you don't know. Because what does it say? For we don't know sometimes what to pray for. We don't know how to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes means, means he comes in between. He comes to our rescue. He stands on our behalf before God. What does he do on our behalf? He intercedes with us for groanings too deep for words. You know, sometimes many of us try to find the words. But if you're like me. Sometimes my prayers are like, oh, that's an honest prayer according to this scripture. I can just, oh, God, I have no clue what to pray right now. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, some of you, not all of you. You'll be there one day. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it happens to the best of us. And look at verse 7. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints. How? According to the will of God. And here is the finishing piece to that scripture. And we know that for those who love God, how many things? All things work together for good. All things work together for good. All things, when we give it up to God who is the master builder, work for his purposes. Amen. All things work for his good. For all who are called according to his purpose and for those who love him. Because there's purpose in the pieces. 
There's purpose in our pieces. Look back at your life. You know, sometimes we want to know why right now. We want to know why this happened or why this is this or why this is that. But can I tell you sometimes you won't realize the why until you look back and go, oh, that's why. That's why that happened. I get it because I took steps to move forward with it. And I can look back and go, that piece, that piece was built in because of this day right here. Many of us can look back and go, there's a lot of things I didn't, I didn't understand right when I was going through them. But now I know why God used that, that job change for me. I know why God humbled me in that moment. I know why God moved me here. I know why God moved, I didn't understand at the moment. But now when I'm moving forward with it, I'm looking back on it. I'm like, I understand now. Some things you won't realize until you got to look back on them. You guys heard the phrase hindsight is 20-20. And that's true. In the kingdom of God, sometimes you got to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Because if you walk by sight, we may never leave that moment because we are stuck on that moment. But God says walk by faith because when you look back on it, You'll see the bigger picture. Come on, somebody. We've got to build that in. God's building that into us. So how do we end this? I want to invite the worship team up in here. What did the disciples have that we didn't? What did the disciples have that we didn't? Well, they walked with the Lord. And check this out. We still have that too. Look at Acts 4.13. It says, now when they saw the boldness. Check this out. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it's Acts 4.13. You found it? Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were what? Uneducated common men. Check it out. That's what they noticed about Peter and John. These guys are uneducated and they're common. But what was the separating factor at the end of the verse? If you stop there, you'd be like, wow, these guys are a bunch of losers. But look at what it says at the end. But they were astonished. Why were they astonished? And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's what they had to build on. All of our pieces look different, but the builder's still the same. All of our pieces may not look the same. All of our pieces may not be nice and colorful. But God is the one that builds his church. God is the one that takes the pieces and builds it into his promises. Come on, somebody. There's a promise out there for you, but the promise is in the process, and it's with the pieces he uses to build those promises. We all got to believe that. So this morning, this week, I want us to walk out of here knowing, God, I'm bringing you my peace. I'm not perfect. I never claimed to be perfect. In fact, I think you like it when I, I'm not perfect. Why? Because then in my weakness, you are strong. I try and live up, God, to everything that you prescribe for me in your word. And aren't you glad that my dad didn't put the bike together on his own knowledge. My dad had instructions. My dad pulled the instructions out of the box. Aren't you glad that we have instructions from the Lord? The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Come on, somebody. Make some noise for the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. You know, the instruction manual. The instruction manual. The acronym for that. It's been dark. Go dark. Go dark. The instruction manual is the Bible. God says... Bring your pieces to me. Spend time with me every day. I will show you how to build with that piece I've given you. You know that hurt you, you, the hurt that you experienced? I can show you how I want to build upon that. You know that disappointment you experienced? I can show you how you build with that. You know the patience I'm asking you to have? I can show you how to build upon that. 
The B-I-B-L-E, man, that's the book for me. You don't have to go it alone. God has given us the instructions, and he's God the builder. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are building your church. We thank you, God, that it's not about what we can do. Even though you've called us, God, it's been said before, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those who are called. And God, we see what we choose to see. So God, I want to pray right now for anyone in here who's choosing to see the missing pieces in your life, who's choosing to see the broken pieces that they feel is unusable by you. I pray that they could just see that you're the master builder. And as you focus on our future, it's not by our hands, it's not by our might, but it's by your spirit, God, that as we bring you our pieces and we submit to your process, that is then we walk into your promise, God. So I want to ask you right now, those of you who are here this morning, if anyone in here has never given a heart to God, they've never given that piece of themselves to God, that really important piece of trust. God, I want to trust you this morning. I want to put my trust in you. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to ask you to make a decision this morning to trust God. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands real high. If you want to give God a piece of your heart, that building block he can use to take your past hurts, your past struggles, your past weaknesses, and in the process, build them into something beautiful. Because Jeremiah 29.11 says, he knows the plans he has for you. A plans for a future and a hope. He wants to free you from the lie of the enemy that he can't use you. You're done. That's a lie that you need to break free from. There's freedom in Jesus' name. There's freedom to be had this morning. So if you have never given your heart to God, I want to pray with you. And I kind of three, I want to ask you to lift your hand real high. And that raising of a hand is just saying, Pastor Junior, I want to give my heart to God this morning. I want to give him the peace of my heart that he's asking to build trust and to walk with him. As he builds me in this process. So if that's you, on a count of three, would you lift your hand? Here we go. One, two, three. Anyone in here? Looking around. I see you, ma'am. I see you, young man. Awesome. Anyone else? God's building his church. He's using you. Give him your heart. Just for the two of you. Would you pray this in your own words? God, I don't want to believe the lies. I want to believe the truth. And the truth is, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Have my peace of my heart. I trust you this morning. I thank you for saving me. And I'm thankful that I can spend eternity with you. I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. Let's celebrate that this morning, church. Let's celebrate that this morning. You're not done yet. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to ask you this. Is God building something in you this morning? Did this message touch something in you this morning? That maybe you walked in here discouraged, not thinking God could use you. Or maybe you've messed up too many times. Or maybe you're just one of those people that God overlooked. Whatever your mindset may be, if you feel like God has got you in the process... 
Or maybe you jumped out of the building process and now you want to say, God, I surrender myself to the process. I know it's your way, not my way. I want to pray for you before you leave. I want to pray that God would, that you would take heart and be bold in your faith and trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, trust in him. And he will direct your path. He will build you up. He will build that promise that he has for you before the hands of time. So I want to pray with you before you go. If you are in the process and you need prayer this morning, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. You're in the process. You're in the process. I see hands all over. Process is all over. Process is all over. There's pieces all over that need to be a part of the process. God, there's hands lifted up right now. And I'm not sure what part of the process they're in. If they're in the remodeling phase, if they're in the planning phase, if they're in the finishing phase, if they're in the, 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 the laborious phase, God. But I pray for all these hands lifted up that they would bring their pieces to you and they would trust in you, God. Because some assembly is required, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're the builder, that you're the cornerstone, that you hold all things together, that your plans are perfect. You're perfect in all of your ways, God. So would you bless my brothers and sisters this morning as they walk through the process, that they would know that it's a broken spirit and a contrite heart that you desire. Not perfection, but a heart that surrenders to God. So, Lord, bless them this morning in Jesus' name. And we all say amen and amen. Thank you, Lord.